Welcome to the Recruitment Roundup with Toby and Nadia of Harrington Star. This is our one podcast a week where we talk about our passion for great recruitment because five days a week we bring you podcasts from the people making waves in the world of financial technology. So on a Sunday, we bring you the Recruitment Roundup. Um, Toby, I know you've been doing lots of work with TRG recently. You've been thinking about launching an event and a documentary all around the theme of convergence. I wanted you to talk us through it and teach me something since this is definitely not my expertise. Here we go. So, um, yeah, we've been working with the Realisation Group for uh, a number of years now and uh, they uh, have been speaking about an, an event and uh, getting involved in event white papers and, and lots of different information because there is a seismic change going on at the moment in the world of financial technology involving digital assets. And what we have at the moment is this era of convergence where we're seeing the traditional world of finance merging with the decentralized world. Um, and this TradFi DeFi event that we're seeing at the moment is creating enormous opportunity that I think is a generational opportunity out there in the marketplace at the moment. So what we're going to be doing is something which we've been wanting to do for a while, which is create a documentary around it. We're going to be going around and talking to some of the, the, the world experts on, and authorities on the subject. Uh, and putting together something there which demystifies the whole uh, world of TradFi and DeFi and also looks at the opportunities therein and, and, and tries to predict the future a little bit about what we can expect to see in 23 and beyond about what's happening in the marketplace. If you go back to, the, I guess, emergence in 2018 of crypto, it was, I guess, blockchain, etc., was going to uh, destroy the, the banking world. It was going to be the, the black swan event that basically changed the, the, uh, the face of, of banking. And as that's developed over the last couple of years, we've seen hype cycles of, of crypto over the over time. And, and, and it's been, instead of destroying banking, it's kind of merged into a, a, to a central asset class. And we've seen the uh, traditional world, you know, rather than squash it, embrace it. And we've seen the decentralized world, rather than saying, right, it's us punks against, against the establishment. It's been, we need to make sure that we, you know, to really get the most out of this, we're adopting a lot more of the regulation and, and uh, authority around the whole thing. So we've seen this sort of institutional move towards digital currency. And we've seen digital currency from being the, the sort of backroom startup to an, an almost illicit, secret, revolutionary world to sort of come very close, closely together. Within it, technology is seen as the opportunity. So the blockchain, blockchain and what it can do and how it can uh, move and, and we see the, the move to a decentralized internet very much on its way. It's DeFi is, is the new infrastructure for, for finance. And I think it's really, really interesting sort of uh, root of what we're looking at from a, from a rhetorical view of the world from us. We've suddenly started to see a lot of uh, the traditional organizations looking for uh, innovative talent with crypto experience. So there's so many establishments now that are building out teams and, and really leaning into digital assets and seeing the opportunities into it. We see that with companies massively investing into that sort of space. Goldman's, for example, are putting a lot of money behind it. Now, you don't tend to see Goldman and Sachs at too many stages putting significant amounts of millions behind ventures and trends that don't, that don't look like they're going to settle and take off. They backed it incredibly. We saw multi-million pound investments spearheaded by them into uh, opportunities like um, Elwood, for example. And this, this world of the traditional embracing that digital thing, I think, is a really interesting space. But equally, what we're looking at with you know, a number of crypto exchanges we're working with, with a number of the, uh, I guess, more up-and-coming uh, digital businesses, 
is that necessity to you know, to bring in talent from the from the establishment to give it that structure to give it that regulation which it will need to earn the trust that allows it to thrive as a as, you know, as a genuine currency and become more mainstream. So rather than this sort of David and Goliath battle, rather than this sort of complete disruption of an industry, what we're seeing, as we've seen so many times with financial services over the last 10, 15 years, is an embracing of the opportunity within it and uh, an era of convergence where the two work hand in hand used to be Venus and Mars. And now those two planets are very much working in sync with each other and creating massive opportunities, both for technology, technologists, and in its truest sense for humanity with how democratised finance can be from the back of this. Wow, that's really exciting. And what a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant place for us to be, you know, right bang in the middle of. On that talent side of things, so it sounds to me that you're talking about, you know, people from traditional finance can obviously be involved in this, people who have crypto experience. What about the talent outside of the industry altogether? What space is uh, there for them? Yeah, so this is really interesting. It sort of comes along with a number of the problems, I think, within uh, financial services in, in particular is, it, is it's always been quite gated to people getting into it now yeah web3 has the benefit of being new right so so most of the technologies within there you can't say right i need uh, i need 10 years experience with blockchain um at the moment uh, you can't say i need x or y or z so you're looking at pioneering technology that comes into it so what you will see particularly from you know, that, that sort of uh, traditional side is there is always a reticence in the conservatism to bring in talent that can't immediately hit the ground running and move into the, 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 you know, the level and standard that people want it to do. So I think there will still be barriers to people. People are looking for, for instant wins. People are looking for uh, people who are experts in that field, people who can add, add immediate value. But I think just owing to the nature of how new it is, there's going to be an awful lot of opportunity for people to reskill, upskill, and pick up that sort of knowledge because it simply isn't out there at this sort of stage and there isn't people with hundreds of years of, of experience in in, uh, in technologies that have only just been you know, developing and moving new. So I think the more people can upskill, the more people can read up, the more people can uh, go on courses, the more people they can show all of these different sort of elements to it, the better their chances are of really thriving in, the, uh, in this new economy. So this week I've spoken to a number of female technologists from outside the financial space and it's been quite interesting because every single one of them has asked me about the impact of the upcoming recession, the impact of the downturn in this field, in the world of financial technology and you know I actually use this as a perfect example. I said look we're going to be doing a documentary on this, we're going to be doing a number of events, there's, it's a, there's a huge growth area what what are your thoughts and what would you what would you be saying to uh, the people that I've been speaking with? Yeah, I think the key is is there is you know there is enormous growth in certain companies at the moment and there there aren't the skill sets to be able to do it. So it's all about shaping your narrative and showcasing your skills. So as I say, the opportunity is is that there are skills here that people just haven't got. So your job is to go in there and make sure you are uh, showcasing how much research you've done, your proficiency in it. Uh, creating your own projects and getting involved in, in various and pieces. The same thing you'd say to anyone at any sort of stage. Look, if you are a graduate looking for a job, you know, how can you take on work experience that allows you to get into that sort of area? How can you read up? How can you put courses in there? How can you make yourself stand out? I think still there is an awful lot of entitlement from people about I should be able to get that job 
and I can do that. Well, why can't they see my my potential, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera, and isn't it unfair? Without actually putting yourself in a position to do that. And I think if you are someone who puts yourself in that position, if you are someone who who puts yourself on more courses, learns and reads more books, puts more time into it, does does your own projects around it, if you are someone who can actively go out there and approach businesses and be invest some time into looking at the sort of companies who are going to have those sort of opportunities, and if you are someone who can pick up the phone, then opportunities are there without question. But what I think people do is they sit back and and uh, feel very disgruntled when you know, the mountain doesn't come to Mohammed. Yeah, really interesting, because then on the other side of things, this week I've been speaking to a number of businesses who, who are hiring. They've got so many vacancies, but they're really struggling. So they've come out to me to sort of you know, wave a magic wand and suddenly solve the problem. But I wanted to share some of this with you, because I think it's really relevant to everything you're talking about in terms of collaborating, changing with the times, looking at looking at new and innovative ways of moving money and making it work in in a regulated way that will last right and so it it kind of makes me think of i know it's one of our favorite films that we laugh about it's a good conversation the last samurai right the whole the whole thing about the last samurai and it's you know it's quite emotional at the end but it's about the new world killing the old and actually what we're talking about here is it's not that at all. It's new and old coming together to work really at its best and at strength. But what's been really interesting for me this week is these companies that have approached me saying, why aren't we able to hire? They're doing some really classic mistakes. And I wanted just to share that with everybody because I can imagine there'll be people listening here wondering why they're not getting their hires in. And some of these classic mistakes are these. So we had one company that were just bewildered why they weren't finding the level of talent or being able to secure the level of talent. And their way of solving this was by taking on even more agencies, but at really, really low rates. So they basically are undercutting what the average pay is to an agency, but going out to double the amount of agencies. When I say double, they had 15 agencies working on one role and all yeah. at a percentage that's probably half the amount of pay that, that should be expected for, for this type of work. And their belief was that 15 agencies going out there would cover the entire market. They're, they're what they didn't understand, what I had to explain is those 15 agencies are all going to be doing exactly the same things because you are only paying them half what you should be paying them. And in fact, if you yeah. just went to one agency you paid them well they would do a really good job and what's a really good job look like they would go the extra mile they would ensure they're reaching people who are underreached. they are reaching people that don't even have their cvs anywhere on the net but actually have been those relationships have been built over time and over years just like the example that you gave of lee last week knowing mm-hmm. someone for eight years so he knew immediately which his first phone call should be to solve that client's problem. Another it's class- funny fu- fuzzy logic, isn't it? It's that, that classic sort of fuzzy logic. And look, in, in, in full transparency, you know, I go back and I often think of recruitment as cobbler shoes and, and uh, how you, you know, can advise and sometimes uh, you know, take your own advice and make mistakes. And uh, you know, at the start of this, this business, you know, when, when perhaps money was, was tight, we were in a situation there where we were um, you know, looking to squeeze our, our agencies who we used to get our staff, thinking we were being really clever about it and, and prudent. 
but actually it meant we've got the scraps rather than the uh, the top cuts and you know one thing I, I put a premium on at the moment is our relationships with our providers our recruiters and making sure we pay them really well and we engage with them really well and we give them the best opportunity of being successful to you know to work with us i think it's so so important and uh you know, it's it's kind of this sort of you know, feel clever about sort of get, cutting yourself the best possible deal and then realizing you're you're left short at the end of it. It's a really interesting dynamic to look at. Mm. The first question I asked was how well do each of these fifteen agencies know your business and know your vacancy. Yeah, that was the, the and you know it was sort of like everyone started shifting in their, their seats. Like, mm. So then there was another example where. A company has, the best way I can put this, have been interviewing like it's 2005 and basically uh, they, they just drag their applicants over hot coals in the interviews. When the candidates say to their agencies or, or to their internal team actually um, that they don't want to progress, they then said, oh, we didn't want them anyway. So you know, there's a kind of gap there in terms of just understanding what that person's experience would be like and that was my question if you were applying to this job how would you feel about the process and I also said in comparison to all of your competitors who will be meeting them at the door with them um, you know with, with like a red carpet rolled out for them please sit down what would you like to drink here are 20 different options you know all of this and I'm not I'm not saying that that's how you have to be I am being facetious but the reality is is that there are many companies now that understand that this is a two-way street it's a partnership it, the relationship starts the minute that they walk through that door the minute they log on to that zoom this business were very happy in describing their panel style interviews uh, which I've spoken about many times before that were really very stressful for the applicant and not necessarily letting them letting them be their best so we had a pretty good conversation around that and I think there's going to be some changes but I wanted to share it because there's another one as well there's been a couple of businesses actually that are seeking c-level hires and they feel confident in running a search exactly as it would have been run 10 years ago. So, you know, we both know 10 years ago, any C-level hire, the company would have engaged with an executive headhunter. This would have taken three, three or four months of the entire process where that executive headhunter would have scoped out the entire market. They would have shown a short list of candidates, a long list, then a short list, and then the interviews would have taken place and 10 interviews would have happened to identify the right person. Well, now in 2022, that's, um, it just doesn't need to be that case because as we've spoken about before, there is the rise of relationships, networks, advocacy, recommendation, but there is still something that I keep calling people out on and that is the comfort in doing something the way you've always done it. People feel comfortable in doing a process because, well, I've done it like that before and it's worked. Um, mm. And actually, they feel comfortable repeating the process even though it's not working now. And I don't know the exact phrase. It's a quote from Einstein. You'll know. Definition you know. of insanity. That's it. Go He's on. doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Exactly. And so I've just found this week that I've had some brilliant conversations because actually what is brilliant in recruitment? Brilliant is when you have that penny drop moment, when you're able to truly help somebody because they're on one direction, you want to bring them back to the other. Brilliant conversations aren't easy conversations. And I think this week it's mm. been 
filled with that. And actually, um, in each of these instances, I said to these people, I'm really, really excited to talk about this in our weekly podcast, because I think the journey you're going on is incredible that just in one conversation with me, we've been able to make such an impact. And I, and I truly believe that that's important for everyone to hear it, because the talent experience is more important than ever. Everything you've been talking about with Convergence, it means so much to me because this is about the new and the old working together to be better. Mm. And I truly believe mm. that that's what we can be doing across the whole space and with talent right at the centre of it. That's exciting, isn't it? Mm. Should we do the, um, the, the top three? The three Let's top do it. Um, Tell so me. Super, super exciting. So I got an email this morning from my publishers, Palgrave Macmillan, um, and we are going to be translating the book into German. Look at that. <laughs> I'm so excited. So fintech women walk the talk. Toby, do you know any German? What is it? What is it in German? I don't know. But like, I'm <laughs> can you say that in German, please? Um, I would love to be able to. If we've got French or Spanish, I might be a little closer. But yeah, uh... yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm literally over the moon. So they're, they're going to be doing it with an AI. They need to send me some sample pages. And actually, there are a number of German speaking women from the book that I'm going to share those sample pages with. And uh, and yeah, I'm I'm literally over the moon. I can't believe it. And I definitely want a copy of it in German. Look at that. Uh, what the talking uh, <laughs> available in 15 different languages one day soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fintech women walk the talk. But yeah, we, we, we need to work out what that is in German and, and have that have that out there so yeah super exciting that is exciting that is exciting and what have you learned this week so i went to the city wire offices this week and recorded a podcast their wealth tech podcast um and actually it was a really good learning experience because i'm so used to hosting podcasts myself rather than being the person in the process um and I've, i really found ian horn was a brilliant host he'd really done his research on me and he wanted me to talk about stuff on my agenda rather than, than on his. And I thought that that was a really, it was really thoughtful. So, you know, he, he'd looked at basically my entire career and wanted me to talk through uh, recruitment, how it's changed, how we best support our clients and our candidates, my understanding of the market, my understanding of the future of work and the opportunities that are that are rife within this space and I, it was a really enjoyable experience and it really made me think um, how important that is for every person that joins me on a podcast that they must in, enjoy that experience and it's all about them so yeah really good really good lesson yeah it's brilliant that, and I think that that's sort of pre and post of uh, the podcast is a, is a really important aspect I mean Mark, Mark Whitby doing one with me which was a, a similar sort of level of detail that I think is really really well put together Good. And then tell me who your star of the week is. Rebecca Walsh all the way. She's helped me with so many things this week, like terms, supplier agreements. Like she is so efficient and she does it all with a smile. But if you've seen, yeah. if you'd seen on, a, on, on a Friday, you'd have seen exactly the same thing. And what a great effort her, you know, her and the team put into uh, creating a great summer party for us as well. Yeah, exactly. Like she created that summer party and and when um, when that boat came up to the dock and she was on it with hulas round her neck, it was just great. Yeah. And those sailor hats, like, well done. Yeah, she's <laughs> just brilliant. Yeah, true star. That's a sort of a phrase that needs a little bit of content, but we're not going to give it. We'll, we'll just let everyone's imagination run wild with yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. um, and Toby, what about you? What's the most exciting thing for you this week? 
So look, I, I love growth, and, and I think this week has been um, you know wonderful to see some new faces come into the team, but also just to reflect as we as we were having that summer party about the uh, you know the team and the quality of the team. Uh, you know, I love that overused Peter Drucker quote of culture is strategy for breakfast, but just being out and amongst uh, the team all day on on Friday celebrating our you know what what has been a stellar half year. Um, and uh, you know, just seeing that you know, the, the faces and the quality and the, you know, the team and then doing the presentation yesterday, talking through what we've achieved, what, what we've changed, uh, what we've invested in, where the company's been, where it's going, what it looks like. I'm just brimming with excitement at the moment. I love what we do. I love what we, you know, who we've got around us. And, and I think it's just genuinely a very, very exciting time for the business. Yeah, it's, it really is. Um, and what about your lesson? My nose has been very deep into the era of convergence. So uh, I've been speaking to a lot of people around the opportunities. And I think that the, the key lesson for me, if I'm to macro it, is you know, within every single period, there's, a, there's opportunities that come in. And this is a time where things will change. And with great change comes great opportunity. And, and, uh, and I'm really inspired by a number of the people and the companies I've been speaking to and also inspired by this whole uh, you know, revolution we're seeing at the moment within that space yeah amazing and what about your star of the week cool this is a difficult one i mean i'm looking around the office as we as i'm currently scanning and there's so many different people i can be speaking about and to and with at the moment so i'm sort of sitting on the fence with a number of different people right now but i'm going to go sort of uh, to, to one i don't think we've spoken about a little bit before for the last year well so i say year last seven eight months or so we've had someone who's been off on maternity leave and uh, during that time, yeah, she stayed connected to the you near know, to the business. She had a beautiful baby girl uh, who we've been enjoyed seeing sort of grow up on various pictures that have been coming through and all that sort of stuff. But at the same sort of time, she's been sort of managing that time, and in between snoozes and naps, she's been keeping in touch with her her clients and candidates, and is on track at the moment to do her best ever year in in recruitment, uh, despite the fact of of just doing it in snatches between feeds and uh, and during during sleep times and all that sort of thing because there's a uh, you know level of experience that's been built up over the best part of a decade just another uh, fantastic bit of work with one of our clients looks like some more stuff coming back into it but harriet lampley smith you know is definitely uh, not someone who's just often forgotten about over, over this sort of this sort of time she's absolutely kicking it and i'm inspired by the effort and work she's been doing and i love the fact that we're actually working with her to allow that to you know to, to happen and and i think what we've done with you and how you work with it was let's work to people's agendas and and be flexible around it and i think once you do that you get amazing results for, for all parties and i'm really really proud of that for for her and and to an extent for us at the same sort of time but harriet has been superb i'm really pleased for her well done has that is really exciting that she's got that absolutely any final thoughts before we uh, wrap up Ned? um just another shout out and call call for questions and call for themes we're always really happy to answer any specific questions that people have and i know that the talent conundrum is one that a lot of people are struggling with at the moment so sending speaking to us ask asking for us to answer things um on this is always welcome <laughs> Absolutely. And keep an eye out for, for more details about the era of convergence. If you are someone who has deep passion for the, the convergence of TradFi and DeFi, we'd love to talk to you on the documentary. We're getting a stellar list together and it's always good to, uh, add, to, you know, to add to that. So if you've got thoughts or people who you think should be great to be on that documentary, please don't hesitate to give us a shout. 
keep your eyes peeled for the financial technologist which will be out in a couple of weeks we're having the final bits of editing done to that at the moment and it is a belter uh, and stay tuned to harringtonstar.com and the Harrington Star LinkedIn pages for more information from everything we're doing at the moment. It's busy, there's loads going on, and we're doing our very, very best to feed you as much useful content as we possibly can during that process as well. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, please do continue to rate, review, pass the pod on. Uh, it means we can get it to continue to spread all over the world. We're so grateful to you all for listening. Thank you very much for doing it, and we will see you next week. Catch up soon.